The Oklahoma Sooners picked up not one, but two commitments on Tuesday night. We'll break it down, Josh and I, and we'll have Brian Smith later in the show as well to discuss one of those on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman and Josh. Tuesday evening was very rich for the Oklahoma Sooners. They got not one, but two commitments in the form of linebacker James Nesta out of North Carolina and wide receiver Dozy Ezukanma out of Texas. So first, just your reaction to getting two within minutes of each other. Well, it's nice, right? I, everybody obviously is has been waiting for things to start heating up a little bit for Oklahoma. And now one, two gets you to eight in this class in terms of commits for Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the champion barbecue has, has netted, uh, immediate results for Oklahoma. So the, the wide receiver board, you look at it and, uh, obviously now you've got Zion Kearney there. You've got KJ Daniels there. You've got Dozy Ezukama there. And, uh, you wonder, okay, one more name, maybe, in this uh, 2024 class for Oklahoma, but you're, you're kind of maybe approaching the finish line at uh, at wide receiver now all of a sudden in this class. And then obviously uh, something that is not a shock, but and we can talk you know more in detail about each of these two, but uh, Oklahoma is going to recruit linebacker well with Brent Venables uh, running point uh, in uh, in Oklahoma's defensive recruitment. So it's a, it's a big start, I think, right there at that position group with Nesta. I love John Histe. Yeah, he's a very athletic player that kind of seems like a guy that could also play a little cheetah if that's the way they want to deploy him in Brent Venables' Ted Roof's defense because he does have the ability to line up as a weak side defensive end, and he can play in coverage a little bit too. So he's got a little bit of versatility to him. Very athletic player. I mean, you look at a guy who is starring on the diamond as well and, and is going to go to Oklahoma and play baseball with Nesta. Just a rare athlete, you know, a guy that's got great size, good speed, good athleticism, and can play a couple different positions for you. Uh, Four-star recruit in some places, three-star in some other places, but somebody that Brent Venables wanted and Oklahoma got him over the in-state North Carolina and Miami, you know, two schools that, okay, they may not be the, you know, blue blood programs like a Georgia or Alabama, but anytime that you're able to get a, a prospect, from an in-state school or over a school like Miami that's got all the NIL dollars, you know, thanks to John Ruiz and is a solid baseball school in and of its own right. I think that matters. I think being able to kind of sell Oklahoma as a two sport program that does kind of benefit you a little bit, but it's a, it's a good addition. And it's the first linebacker edition of the 2024 class. It's going to be interesting to see how deep they go with this cycle because I mean, they added, quite a few names in the 2023 recruiting class and 2022 recruiting class that we've really yet to see 
take the field and, and be significant contributors for this program just yet. Uh, we expect Jaron Canick to be a big time player in 23, maybe even Kip Lewis as well. Uh, start to see that 2022 linebacker class start to unfold, but uh, it's going to be a deep position group moving forward. And it needs to be as you head into the sec. So a big time pickup, it's the first commitment for the Sooners since April 27th. So they'd gone nearly two months uh, without a commitment. And you could kind of tell that Sooner nation was getting a little bit antsy on that front. Uh, if our YouTube comments are of any uh, reflection of that, but it's nice to finally break the ice a little bit of that two month kind of freeze and, and start maybe getting the ball rolling a little bit after champion barbecue. We talked about it last week, champion barbecue in 2022 netted the Oklahoma Sooners seven commitments. James Nesta represents the first commitment out of the champion barbecue. And we expect many more to come down the road as well as you know, there's a lot of top flight prospects there and Oklahoma put on a good show and, and made a lot of headway. Uh, with a lot of prospects, but on the Dozi Azukanma front, you know, we, we were talking about kind of his game before we came on the show, Josh, and, and both you and I really like what he brings to the table. Yeah. He's only a three-star prospect and you can might just kind of shrug your shoulders and shake your head at that. But listen, sometimes your better prospects turn out to be your three and four star guys. We've talked ad nauseum about the five-star guys in Oklahoma's history that haven't really panned out at times, but this is a guy that is going to have a lot of lots of prove. He's got kind of the NFL uh, bloodline already with Eric Ezekonma playing with the Miami Dolphins after his career at Texas Tech. And it it's a player that went to a kind of a under heralded, under heralded, under heralded, under heralded school at uh, out there in Keller. Uh, not a not a big time powerhouse program, so good chance that he just got under evaluated a little bit. But he's a smooth route runner. You know, he looks like he's got enough speed uh, to make big time plays for you in the passing game. And you and I both really liked what Dozy brings as a blocker on the outside. Yeah, I mean, definitely a, a willing blocker for sure. Which you know is actually kind of rare. You, you toss on Dozy as a commas tape, and uh, I don't know if it was it was Big Brother saying, "Hey, man, you." might not be the worst idea for you to go ahead and toss some uh, downfield blocking clips onto your uh, huddle tape, but that's not something you always see, but uh, yeah, he's, he's a willing downfield blocker. The, the speed doesn't just have that wow factor to you. You know, the, the tape, when you flip it on, there's a high point of uh, of a catch here or there, but you know, just kind of does a lot of things. Well, I, I can see why I can see why right now, three-star prospect you flip on the tape but I, I there's a lot of things that i really like the the acceleration uh in the return game looks really really natural and fluid he looks like a college guy it looks like a college athlete you can see that this is someone that if they develop 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 can wind up being really really good for oklahoma and again what now all of a sudden he's paired with in this uh wide receiver group for oklahoma it's a nice little trio with with Kearney and with Daniels and now obviously with Ezukama, some some guys I think that bring different things to the table. And Ezukama, you know, you you tell me six two, six three, six four. I've seen him listed all across, uh, you know, wherever you look in, in that regard. But definitely a bigger body type wide receiver. This is not you know your five foot nine, five foot ten uh, KJ Daniels that you're bringing in. This is somebody. Like uh, like a Kearney that has a little bit of size to him. Again, speed I don't think is uh, you know something that totally overwhelms you, John. But not you know I mean obviously he's got he's got college speed and the acceleration looks good. Uh, someone that someone that's going to be a nice addition for Oklahoma. Yeah, and he's a solid route runner, and a lot of times that can make up for 
what appears to be maybe a lack of speed or a lack of athleticism, at least what we see on tape. I mean, this is all in huddle. This is what we've got to work with. I'm sure his testing numbers maybe bear out that he's probably a really good athlete, but what we see is a really good route runner. And that's, that's something that's going to translate at every level of college football or at every level of football, college, NFL. If you're a really good route runner, you have staying power and you have the ability to make big plays in the passing game. So uh, again, a big time commitment for the Sooners. Again, this is one that was interesting because Oklahoma only offered him back on June 8th after Brent Medible's camp. This is a guy that was connected to Emmett Jones from Jones time at Texas tech, obviously coached uh, Dozie's older brother, Eric, but was recruiting Dozie as well. Uh, when he was still with the red Raiders made the transition to Norman and wanted to bring Dozie along with him. So it's a guy that Emmett Jones thinks very highly of. And I think that that matters right there. You know, we talk about, you know, the coaching evaluations and, and that those have to play a significant part of how we view prospects. Yes. A three star by recruiting services, they do the work, but if a coach likes a player, a coach likes a player and that has to matter too. coaches aren't foolproof, but if you like the evaluation, then the coach is going to stand by the evaluation and go for it. But coming to camp, being there with Brent Venables and the coaching staff at the camp, and then earning an offer, I think that says a lot about the potential player that he can be for the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, but in, now that they have three wide receivers, you might be thinking, okay, we're maybe we're done at wide receiver. Well, it doesn't sound like they're backing off on Zion Reagans at all, or that Zion Reagans is backing off on the Oklahoma Sooners at all. Um, this is still a player that's been heavily projected to the Sooners over the last couple of weeks. And it doesn't seem like that that's slowing down uh, in the, in the least. And you potentially have a group that's going to be four deep in 2023 in the 2024 cycle. You know, you have a little bit of space now after the 2023 cycle lost, you know, Keon Brown uh, to the community college route. So you have a little bit of room to add another player. If you want to go four deep at wide receiver in the 2024 cycle, Josh. Well, and, you know, Marvin Mims uh, obviously going pro and some transfers out in other places. I know you've brought transfers in, but wide receiver is a group that, yeah, if you wanted to supplement or bring in a little bit heavier class in, in you know, addition to just the Keon Browners. I mean, there's uh, some other guys that aren't at Oklahoma anymore uh, for various reasons. You know, obviously in the case of Mims, it's just he played really good football at, at the University of Oklahoma. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense why Oklahoma would – maybe make this a heavier class uh, at, at wide receiver. And honestly, you can make a pretty good argument that, that, that they need to. So yeah, maybe the work isn't totally done. Uh, I do want to say just uh, on Dozy as a comma, you mentioned it and you know, you're sitting here and you're saying, okay, the speed doesn't you know overwhelm you on and on and on as it pertains to maybe different recruits that are out there that are blue chip guys, et cetera, et cetera. The, the route running, you mentioned it. It's really, really crisp. So I don't want to downplay that. Dozy in that uh, in that arena, you flip on the tape and it's more advanced than you see with a lot of players. So came away definitely uh, impressed with that piece of his game. Defensively, a nice little place to start, I would say, with one Mr. Nesta. Yeah, it is. And you hope that now this is the the ball that gets everything going um, as a lot of, you know, Crystal balls and predictions came out over the weekend, you know, for a guy like Jay Sean Ross. Um, we saw more predictions in for Xavier Robinson at running back. Taylor Tatum seems to be a guy that's trending toward the Sooners now, four-star running back. Oklahoma's competing with USC on that front. And boy, how sweet it would be if Oklahoma would able, were able to get a, a win over Lincoln Riley and the Trojans. Uh, but, you know, the big-time watch 
for everybody is David Stone. Uh, but they also had Dominic McKinley in town. Uh, Jaden Jackson, my personal favorite defensive tackle in the 2024 cycle, came for an official visit on Monday, I think Tuesday and Wednesday. So Oklahoma's, you know, they're they're putting all their eggs in this defensive line class, really trying to hit it hard and, and bring in not just two defensive tackles, but maybe go deep, three deep, four deep um, at the position to load up before they head into the SEC. Uh, we're going to have our man Brian Smith. Josh had a chance to sit down with Brian Smith uh, to talk about David Stone's official visit to uh, Michigan State, where the Sooners stand currently in his recruitment. But also uh, Brian's going to offer his thoughts on James Nesta as well. We'll get to that after the break. But first, we're going to talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Yeah, FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to make every moment more. FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Network. Uh, get in there now. There's no better place to get in on the action at America's number one sports book because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If you, your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Joined by our recruiting guru, Brian Smith, in the house with us right here on Locked On Sooners. Follow him on all of the social platforms to keep up to date at FBScout underscore Florida. Brian, first off, thanks as always for joining us. It sounds like maybe some good news. I know Sooner fans are like, hey, come on, can we, can we finally get – some good news, good news in the form of a commitment, but uh, what can you tell us about James Nesta? It feels like there's some serious smoke Oklahoma's direction there. What do you know about James Nesta? I like the Sooners, and so does everybody else, to get his commitment, uh, and here's why they should be happy about it. He's a baseball player. He's a football player. He's a pure athlete, and if you look at the history of Clemson over the last decade or so, what did they do? They took a lot of athletes, moved them around, well, that guy that did that happens to be the head coach for the Sooners now. He needs more versatile chess pieces, if you will. Nest is like 6'3", 205, 210. He could play outside backer. He could play over the slot. Eventually, he could even possibly play middle linebacker. And he's a smart kid. If you're going to play in Venable's defense, you better be ready to study a playbook because it's not just basic cover two and everybody hit their zone. They have a different zone blitz package every week. Those are the kids that played for him at Clemson. That's just true. Nesta kind of fits that mold, and he's one of my favorite players to kind of look at on the East Coast. He's from the state of North Carolina, random for Oklahoma, but you got to remember a lot of these guys had ties to that state recruiting for Clemson, so they came over to the Sooners, and they're going to benefit from it. The Champion Barbecue is obviously a, a huge uh, annual weekend, and probably across the country you got a, a lot of folks having, if it's not the Champion Barbecue, what, whatever their big recruiting blowout of the summer is. For Oklahoma, it's the Champion Barbecue. A bunch of big names in for it. Let's start with Nigel Smith. What uh, What is the latest with Nigel Smith, a defensive line target that Oklahoma's been heavily involved with? He's a kid that I like as much, and I know Oklahoma fans want to see some defensive studs come in. At all the defensive linemen, the recruitment, I would put him highest on the board to end up at Oklahoma. He's a Dallas area kid from the north suburbs of Dallas. He's a kid they've been in on forever, they've been favored for, and he just visited. When's he going to commit? I'm not going to give any predictions. Predicting what 17-year-olds is going to do is a terrible career path. But at that point, later in the summer, I, I like Oklahoma's chances, 6'5", 260. 
could play strong side in, could possibly move inside at some point. Again, Venables likes versatile players. Top Bates, all these guys are going to love him if they get him. There's a reason he's got an offer list from here to the state of you know California, too. Great young man, great prospect. He would be my pick to go to Oklahoma. What, uh, what's the latest Dominique McKinley? I know Oklahoma fans, again, as we talk, uh, folks up front and defensive linemen. Uh, Sooner fans sort of salivating at the possibility of, of maybe a recruitment that some wouldn't early have said was going to go Oklahoma's direction. Where does this recruitment for McKinley stand? What kind of player is McKinley, and who are the serious players here? He might be the best player in the state of Louisiana. Let's start with that. And anytime you're even remotely in that conversation, you're a dude. Uh, this is a very good year in the state of Louisiana, even by their standards. So, you know, that, that kind of puts it in perspective. All the usual suspects with offers, Texas A&M, LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma. The Sooners are in it. My only concern for them, and I, I don't know what the reasoning for this was, but the entire state of Louisiana, while LSU is recruiting hard, none of them were brought in during the summer. They're doing all their visits in the fall. And that's going to, they're probably going to get the last visit for a kid that grew up an hour from LSU's campus. That makes me nervous for any school not named LSU. But uh, 6'5", 290, pure D-Tech. Um, he, he can get after. He could probably play some nose. But athlete absolutely would have a chance to play right away if he went to Oklahoma. But I'm not betting against the Tigers for a kid like that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's going to be a tough recruitment to win out over uh, over LSU on for sure. Uh, Terry Bussey, I know this is someone that you've really, really liked. Oh, he's phenomenal. What What are we looking at with Terry Bussey and Oklahoma's chances? This is a really unique situation. It's like I was telling you off the air. He's got the absolute unequivocal who's who recruiting him, and he's from a, just a small town in East Texas. Trying to get information out of there is not an easy task. But Alabama, LSU, Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, same kind of deal. Um, he had over 4,000 yards of offense last year, for those of you that are wondering. He's good. Um, elite track athlete, could play SWAT, running back, outside. He plays quarterback for his high school. Visiting Texas this next weekend was at OU this past and unofficially visited LSU today. That's just in the week. Where is he going? I have, I've heard every rumor known to man. I have no idea. But I'll just tell everybody here what I told you before the show. This is the kind of player that can change your program. He's a SWAT receiver, outside guy, punt returner. I'm going to make six guys miss and be the headline on SportsCenter as the lead-in. He's that guy. Um, he's a national top 20 kid. There's no question. And nobody can tackle him in space. I don't care what offense you run. That's never out of style. So, I mean, you can play him a corner if you wanted, but I would just put him in the SWAT and make them try to figure out how they want to cover him. Good, good luck to whatever team's guarding him, and uh, he'll probably be a three-and-out kid at the college level. David Stone, of course, uh, was was in attendance again in Norman for the Champion Barbecue. And as much as you can – here's what I've been saying, Brian. As much as you can buy into, okay, hey, the photo shoot looked nice, the recruiting videos that have gotten tweeted out looked nice. I mean, he looked very much at home. It looked like he was having a great time. I get that – that's sort of cliche, and you could say that almost on any recruiting visit, but it, it did it did look to me like he was very, very much at home. So I thought just the general appearance looked like he enjoyed the visit to Norman, but then the uh, the panic set in for some Oklahoma fans as soon as it was very shortly announced afterwards that he would be officially visiting Michigan State. So what, what do you hear about how the visit, the latest, went for David Stone and Norman 
And what's sort of your reaction to immediately afterwards setting the official visit to Michigan State? Number one, I'm not worried about Oklahoma's spot. He's still, in my opinion, will end up at Oklahoma. I've, I've said that for a long time. But the Michigan State visit, and this, this is just one of those quirky things, they originally wanted him to visit the same weekend as some other schools. And he just had to kind of figure it out. It just worked out that it was this next weekend. There's nothing more to it than that. Big deal. Um, he's been to Michigan State, I believe, three times before. Um, do I really think that the kid grew up an hour away from OU or 30 minutes is going to pick Michigan State? I don't. But he's visiting. You know, he, he visited Miami. He visited Florida. He visited OU. Now he's going to Michigan State. I'm not real worried about the Spartans. I don't think they'll be in his final two or three. Just the importance of 2023. I know that Oklahoma fans, and I'm guilty of this myself, you get caught up in the bright and shiny and the SEC's right around the corner. And so everything uh, everything kind of is about, I guess, 24 for Oklahoma and beyond and building to the SEC. But as we look at that, the, the importance of 23, uh, just the on-the-field success for Oklahoma, how important is this season for this this signing class that they're trying to lock down and then, yeah, the future of the program going forward? It's a little different for Oklahoma than it is other schools because of the SEC. I mean, the, the reality of playing an SEC schedule will be known soon enough. Uh, everybody has their opinion on it. I'm not going to really dive too deep. But if you're not beating a Big 12 schedule, why should you beat an SEC schedule? There is some logic with this, too. My only concern with that thought is Oklahoma's roster, when Venables and his staff showed up, wasn't as good as they probably thought it was going to be. I mean, some of the kids went to USC, some transferred out, some turned pro, whatever. But the roster wasn't where it needed to be. They need to make a jump this year. And one of the reasons they can make a jump is the kids that we just talked about, Bussy, Stone, et cetera. If you go out and go nine and three or better this year, maybe you go 10 and two, are you more likely to get a kid like Bussy? Yeah. They need to win this year to secure the commitments of the four and five star kids. That's my opinion. Those kids are very fickle because they can go wherever they want. Why should I turn down Alabama to go to a program that's seven and five right now? Those kind of conversations are held usually off the record, but I've had a lot of those with kids in Florida and Georgia and stuff over the years. I doubt it's very different for the kids in Texas. They need to win this year to solidify this class and help them jump into the 2024 SEC schedule. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's pretty important too, Brian. Just uh, just one final thought here with you. What do you make of Oklahoma's set of commits? Is there any one commit for Oklahoma so far you really like? And the uh, Ooh, the, uh, <laughs> the the timeline here for maybe the next domino that falls. I know everybody, it's like as soon as the champion barbecue ends, it's, hey, where's the commit? Where's the commit? What do you expect sort of a timeline to look like? The next two weeks will be important. Um, their big weekend, this is very, very important note as well, was the 16th. Some other schools, it was like the second or the ninth. Well, those schools are more likely to get news now than OU because it's a week to two weeks after the big weekends you get the news. It's not the Monday and the Tuesday after. That's not how it works. You might get one kid or two as a general rule. On about the 30th of June, if they're not getting some kids to either commit or set announcements, you can go ahead and hit that panic button flat out. There, there's no way around it. They should at least start announcing that they're going to have a commitment ceremony. Um, which kids they're going to get is still up in, up in the air. I mean, but think about the kids that they had on campus, just, you know, Tatum, McKinley, Bussey, uh, Nigel Smith, et cetera. 
time is on their side because they're elite players. Coaches can't force them and say, hey, I've got this other guy over here I like. And they're like, okay, bye. Because they got Alabama and LSU and all these other schools too. So you got to wait. Um, you just got to wait. And, and you're not going to beat Alabama. You're not going to beat Georgia without elite defensive players, especially. So I think it's a smart move. Just play the waiting game and kind of keep on recruiting. Uh, but about 10 days from now, we'll know a lot more about OU recruiting. KJ Daniels. I, I think we've talked about KJ before. Uh, wh- what do you think about KJ in this class for, for Oklahoma? That's somebody that's, you know, not a, not a blue chip guy, depending on where you look, but uh, what would you say to Oklahoma fans that uh, maybe say, you know what, uh, we, we need blue chip wide receiver, blue chip wide receiver. Two things. Number one, not every kid's going to be a five-star. Okay. I know there's still a lot of consternation over a certain kid from Texas that committed to Clemson. That's probably some of what's going on here. The other thing is when Venables and that staff were at Clemson, I mean, it was the whole staff, but they took a lot of kids that they trusted in based on their own evaluations. The guys like us are like, who's that? Who's Clemson taking? And then they ended up being all ACC or all Americans. Venables has got a different recruiting approach. If you're a guy that needs to talk and brag about the five stars and four stars at the office, you may not like Venables all the time. It's just true. He's going to recruit his guys and do it his way. So I, I would trust in what they're doing. Well, Brian, appreciate it. I know this is a uh, kind of a crazy time of year, I'm sure, for you <laughs> right yes. now with all these yes, commitments. But, hey, thank you, as always, for, for your time for us. And uh, I'm sure we'll be touching base uh, before you know it right here on Locked On Sooners. Thank you very much, sir. Have a good one. And that's going to do it for us uh, on Locked On Sooners. Until next time, everybody, he's Brian Smith, and he was John Williams. I'm Josh Elmer saying Boomer Sooner, everybody.